of applause. Praise God. They are doing a fantastic job. Praise the Lord, church. Well, I don't know if y'all need me. He <laughs> he pretty much preached my word for me. Uh, I do have a little bit of something, though. Uh, I just got back from the men's conference, and uh, it was very awesome. It was very awesome, and it was very, uh, for me personally, it spoke to me personally, and I'm glad I went. Um, it was a good refreshment, uh, refreshment for me. <clears throat> I did want to, since uh, Sister Henchy brought up the fact that the devil is trying to stop us from growing, um, we're, we're not going to have that. We're just not going to have it. Uh, so I wanted to read um, out of Matthew 6 really quick. You don't have to stand for this. It's just a word for, for Sister Henchy and for, and for everyone that's involved in trying to help this ministry grow. In uh, Matthew chapter 6, in verse 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what, she, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. It is not, life, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Meaning they don't work, they don't do anything. They just grow. And yet I say to thee that even Solomon in, his, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so, so clothed the grass of the field, which to this to, today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, what, she, what, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things... Do the Gentiles seek? For your heavenly Father knoweth what ye have need of at all, of all things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's the caveat. That's the part. That's, that's our part. God's going to take care of us. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all of these things will be added unto you. And his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Take therefore no thought of the morrow. For the morrow should take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day in the, is the evil thereof. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't, that, we, that there's nothing that we have to do. That doesn't mean that God is going to take care of all of our needs for, for nothing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God above all other things. If there's anything I've learned over the last year, it's seek the kingdom of God and God will take care of you. So I don't take care of things. For, I, don't, I, don't, I don't worry about what's coming up next. I don't worry about what's going on right now. I know God's going to take care of me because I know I'm doing what he wants me to do. <clears throat> now, uh, Brother Sam, do you have my title? Uh, <laughs> he asked me what the title was. I didn't have one. God doesn't normally give me a title. He just kind of throws some words into my head and start and lets me try to sort it out. Um, but I did come up with one. And I think it was, uh, what was it? The second best, what is it? 
The second best time. Thank you. <laughs> I had to remember that. It's the second best time. I came up with it when I was back there, so I, don't, I didn't remember it. Um, but that's what I decided the title is, and I think it's a good title. Um, so if you all stand for the reading of the word, please. I'm going to be reading out of Joshua 24. And I am sorry if this is not a very lengthy. Um, it, did, it didn't work out that way. It may be lengthy, I don't know. It just depends on what God wants to do, right? Amen? <clears throat> Joshua 24. I want to preface this a little bit with what, uh, what is going on right now. Joshua is in his old age. Um, I know some of us may not know the whole story of Joshua, um, but I, this is towards the latter end of his life, and he's speaking to Israel on what they're supposed to do next and how they're supposed to serve. Uh, it says, now therefore, in, chapter, in verse number 14, now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or in the gods of, of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But for, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> can we give God just, well, as we're seated, can we give God a little bit of praise, a little bit of thanks? We're all here today. We're all very healthy. And I thank God for that. Um, I want to show you all my notes because this is how God wants me to do this. This is all I have. <laughs> this is my notes. Um, but, it, but I have more than just what's on here because God wants me to, he really wants me to just kind of be led by this. Um, so my story is actually going to begin back in Genesis. Uh, right after God created Adam and Eve, they uh, were kicked out of the garden because we all know the story. Eve ate of the, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and sin was introduced into the world through that uh, disobedience. They had one thing that they had to do, or not do, actually, rather. One thing. They didn't have a list of commandments. They didn't have a list of stuff that they had to do. They didn't have... Uh, the law, where they had to sacrifice or anything. They didn't have any of those things. They had one thing that they weren't supposed to do. And because they weren't grounded in it, and they didn't, and they weren't persistent in their uh, walk with God, and they weren't actively seeking out what the devil might try to do, he was able to trick Eve into eating of, the, of that tree. And so sin was introduced into the world. I want to go and read just a little bit of that. In Genesis chapter 3. I want to get past that. In verse number 21, I want to start there. Unto Adam also and unto his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. That's a very short, um, very short verse. There's not much there. But let's talk about what is there. He made them coats of skin. How did he make the coats of skin? He had to take it off of an animal. The death that they were supposed to experience is what that animal went through. I think it was a lamb. Because throughout all of the Bible... God refers to the lamb. Jesus is referred to as the lamb. I think that God reached out, grabbed a lamb, 
and the death that they were supposed to, Adam and Eve were supposed to die that day, because God told them the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. He ripped, he killed this animal, but he ripped its skin off of its body because it's supposed to be their death. That was supposed to happen to them. They were supposed to die that way. So he rips off their skin so the blood can cover their sin. The innocent blood of that lamb could cover the sins that Adam and Eve had committed. And so they're introduced to the idea of sacrifice. They're introduced into the idea of what it takes to cover your sin. How how gruesome and how hard it it is to cover your sins. And what it takes. It takes the life of an innocent to cover their sins. They understood, Adam understood from that day forward, this is, this is much bigger than what I thought it was going to be. This is much more serious. We didn't die. God actually let us continue to live and he forgave us. But we have this example of sacrifice now. And the reason I want to get into the sacrifice is because my actual, my, 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 the, the story I want to go over is uh, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel is more than just a brother killing his other brother. You know, I'm sorry, uh, a son killing his other brother. It's more than just that. There's so, <laughs> there's so many intricacies, intricacies that you can find reading the Word. But I'll, I'll read it, and then I'll go back over it, because I, really, I really want to get into this. It says in chapter 4, verse 1, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she, began, and she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the, of the ground. So let's take just that part real quickly. Cain was born first, and Adam had to keep working in the field to continue to provide food for him and his wife. Follow along with me, please. This is not all spelled out in here, but this is kind of what I've inferred from how this would happen and applying it to my own life. So Adam is in the field working, but he's also got to take care of the sheep because that's what Abel grew up to be was a, a keeper of the sheep. Now, Adam says, Cain, come with me. I need you. He's the oldest. I need you to help me in the field. Abel's not born yet, but Cain, I need you to help me till up this ground. I need you to help me gather this food. I need you to help me do this hard, laborious work in the field. And then Abel comes along. He says, okay, Abel, now you're going to have, your brother's got some responsibility. I need you to have some responsibility too. So why don't you come this way with me, and you're going to help me watch the sheep. Now, Adam, being a man, (laughs) looked at the situation and said, okay, uh, Cain, looks like you've got the hard work under control. I'm going to go help Abel tend the sheep. That's that's more relaxing for me. That's what I would do (laughs) if I had two sons and I had them both working. I'm going to go hang out where where the least work is gathered. So if you think about how that situation would play out, Abel's spending more time with his father learning about what the garden was like learning about what God was like, learning about the walk with God that he had in the field with his father watching the sheep while Cain is tilling the ground. Not to say that Cain didn't have his own time with his father, but I think being in the field with the sheep and understanding that a sheep was sacrificed for their sins, learning what it took to get to that sacrifice was something that was special that Abel learned while he was in the field with his father. And Abel, I'm sorry, uh, in, in verse number three, and in the process of the time it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the first thing of the flock 
and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and his offering he had no respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So now we're presented with a situation where they learn that they need to, sacri- they need to bring something to sacrifice. What would we bring as a sacrifice? Some of this, the, stuff that we're wor- the stuff that we're working for. We bring an offering, we bring tithes, and that, but that's not quite the sacrifice that was given here. This was a sacrifice of love and labor. Cain brought, he's like, I brought all these fruit. It took a long time to grow. It took, it, it, I poked myself with thorns and thistles and uh, gathering this fruit. And God, I want to bring it to you and offer it to you. Abel says, I'm going to bring the very best of my flock. I'm going to bring, because that's what God wanted, was a bloodshed sacrifice. There's no blood in the ground. And if we read back over, the ground was cursed. And Cain, was, and Cain knew that it was cursed. That's not something that was hidden from him. He knew that it was cursed. And he still tried to bring a cursed offering to God. And Abel brought a, a better, the, the offering that was supposed to be a blood offering for their sins. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? Cain, what's wrong with you? Why are you upset? I, I have respect unto your brother's offering, but I don't have respect unto you because you know better. You know that this is not acceptable to me. You know that you're supposed to, there's supposed to be innocent blood that's shed for your sins. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt have rule over him. Cain, I will forgive you if you ask for forgiveness. You don't have to be upset that you did it, that you know better than to do it this way. We can't come to God and say, here you go, God, here's the best that I have to offer. You have to take it. God doesn't have to take anything. We can't, there's not anything that we can do on our own to save ourselves. We can't just come to God and say, oh, here's the best I can do. Even though you know it's not the best you have. Even though you know it's not what we're supposed to bring. I think I'm talking to somebody. And Cain talked with Abel's brother and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thou brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? There's a saying, and it has to do with my, uh, my title, uh, half of my title. The best time to do something was 20 years ago. That was the best time to do something. That was the best time to invest in Apple. <laughs> that was the best time to invest in Microsoft. That was the best time to... I don't, whatever you have you, that was the best time to get started, you know, working out or getting healthy. The best time was not, was yesterday. That was the best time to start something. The second best time is today. The second best time is right now. The best time to start living for God was a long time ago. That was the best time to start living for God. The second best time, because he's not come back yet, is right now. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose you this day who you will serve. It's, it, it's getting too close. We don't, we don't even know if we're going to be able to leave here. We don't know. Today, 
Right now is the second best time to decide whether you're going to live for God or not. Right now is the second best time to, to know I'm going to bring the proper sacrifice to God. The, uh, Paul says in, in the New Testament, make yourselves a living sacrifice. Make yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. What does that take? I can't tell you. I don't know your personal life. I don't know what you're personally going through because we're all going through something a little different. But I can tell you that, the, 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 that you know what it's going to take to get back to where you're supposed to be. And the second best time to get that process started is right now, today, tonight. Don't leave here the same way you walked in. You should never walk into a church service and leave the same way that you walked in. There should be something, even if it's small. We, I, <laughs> we can all live the best life. I, went, I just went to a men's conference. I thought I was good. No, I'm not good. <laughs> There's things I need to change. There's things I need, to, I need to tweak inside of my own walk with God to make sure that I'm making myself a holy and acceptable sacrifice unto God. There's, not, there's things that I'm doing wrong that I need to change. And it may not be obvious to everyone, but I know it here. It may not be obvious to everyone around you what you're going through and what changes you need to make, but you know here. Because if you read the Word and you're praying every day, like I talked about last week, having a prayer life, that will show you and reveal to you what the things are that you need to change in your life. I'm not getting on to anybody here. I hope nobody takes offense to what I'm saying. I'm not getting on to anybody. I'm, this, is for, this is for me. This is for everyone. <clears throat> The things that we could have done yesterday that we, should be, that we can start on today are hard to describe to other people when we're, when we're facing these challenges. And I, I struggle to find words because it's not an easy thing to talk about. It's not an easy thing to understand. It's not an easy thing to come to grip to that I need to change something in my life. Cain brought a sacrifice that was unacceptable because he knew. But, and he knew. And the thing is, he was unwilling to change. And God, and God, gave, God gave him a chance. God's giving you a chance. The only person that God did not give a chance to was the devil. And he cast him out like that. And that's why the devil's attacking them why why he attacked him that's why he's attacking us but we don't have to let we don't have to let him attack us if we're seeking after god and his kingdom first the devil's already under our feet sister hanshi the devil's already there we don't have to worry about anything we don't have to worry about the attacks because it's already finished god is the author and the finisher not the devil the devil has no power over any of that he's already under our feet because we're seeking after his kingdom first that's the most important thing that we should be able to take away from, from every service is that we're seeking after him first so that we can make ourselves the, the, the correct sacrifice. <clears throat> I want to turn back to it really quickly. In, in, uh, in verse number 10, and he said, What hast thou done, thou voice, the voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground? The innocent blood that was shed. Abel wasn't innocent, but the, blood that he, but the sacrifice that he brought was, and he was covered by that sacrifice. And now thou art cursed from the earth, 
which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. What does that tell me? That tells me that if I'm going to try to force God to take my sacrifice, even though I know it's not the right thing, God's going to take that thing that I've worked so hard for. Cain worked very hard in the field to toil and, and, to, and to bring that fruit forth and to and offer that as a sacrifice. And God said, you tried to make me take what you thought was best, but that's not what I told you I wanted. That's not what I told you you needed to sacrifice. You tried to bring me something that was unacceptable, and now I'm taking that from you. That talent that you thought you had, you no longer have that talent. Cain was very good in the field. Cain was, very, was, was able to bring up very nice fruits and vegetables for his family to feed them and help, to help keep everybody sustained. And God took that away from him because he did, because he did not repent. He did not ask for forgiveness. Repentance. Repentance. What does repentance mean? We ask for forgiveness from God. He will always forgive you. But what does it mean to actually repent, though? It's not just enough to come to God and say, Lord God, forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me. Okay, I'm going to go right back to go and doing it. That's not repentance. You ask God to forgive you. Of course he's going to forgive you. Of course God is always going to forgive you. The word tells us he will forgive us every time we ask. But we have to take it a step further. We have to say, okay, God, forgive me for, for finding that one thing that I'm not supposed to be messing with. Forgive me for, for dealing in that thing that I'm not supposed to be dealing in. Forgive me, Lord, for looking at the things I'm not supposed to be looking at. I know I'm not supposed to look into those things, and I apologize. I know I'm not supposed to touch that drink. I know I'm not supposed to pick up that, that certain substance. Lord, God, forgive me from those things. But now it's on us to turn around and repent. And say, okay, because you've forgiven me, I'm going to do what I need to do to stay away from all of those things. I'm going to turn my life around and start walking towards you more, more truthfully. That's repentance. And I'm sorry this isn't a very lengthy sermon. I, I really am. I wish I had more, but <laughs> it, it, it was a very short week. And I thank God for everything he's done for me in my life. I thank God for, for being there for me when I need him the most. I know we all go through hard times. I know some of us are going through hard times right now. But if you seek the kingdom first, God will provide everything you need. He provides the, whoop, he provides the birds with food. How much more does he love you, his created creature? How much more does he care about you that he would not allow the sins of Adam and Eve to permeate all of us? Even though they did, we have the ability to take on his name and his blood so that all he sees instead of my filthiness and my, and my, and my, and my sin, he sees his son. He gave us that ability. Go ahead, come on up. He gave, it, he gave us the ability to seek Him and say, God, I need You. Lord Jesus, I need Your blood. I need Your sacrifice because I cannot do it on my own. I can't live this life without being sinful in nature. I need You to take over. I need You. I'm seeking Your kingdom first. I need You, Lord. And with that, God takes care of us. It's a hard thing to quite completely understand because the words that I'm saying are making sense. 
But to truly and fully trust God, we, we have to give up the idea that we can control it or that we need to do something about it. I'm not saying you should just, like, you, <laughs> at the beginning of this, I said we, we shouldn't, it's not like uh, just giving up on it and not worrying about it anymore. And then still living your life the same way. If you want God to take care of it, you, you have to seek his kingdom first. If you want God to take care of it, there's something you have to do first. You have to pray. You have to fast. You have to read your Bible. You have to, you have to seek his face. You have to understand that there's things that he can do for you as long as you make yourself that living sacrifice. And we all know what that means for each one of us. It's different for all of us. It's different for me than it is for you. And, I, and if you need to confide in me, please, I'm willing to listen. I, I know I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a technical pastor. I'm not licensed or anything. I just preach here for Sister Hanshi on Saturday nights. But I, I am more than happy and more than capable of listening to you and figuring out what it is we need to do to help you further your walk. Because that's, what, that's the ultimate goal of what we're doing here, is helping each and every one of you get to that place where you can walk with God and know that you're in the right place. Amen? Let's all stand, please. Let's all raise our hands and close our eyes. Lord God, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your son. Thank you for the sacrifice that he gave, that his blood was shed, that we can be forgiven, that we can seek that true forgiveness, that we can repent and know that we're doing your will. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the cross, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for going to that place and enduring all of that pain so that we could be healed by your stripes so that we could know that we are in your will by taking on your name and being baptized in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the infilling of the Holy Ghost, Lord God. Thank you for your moving spirit, Lord Jesus. We know, Lord God, that when you are here with us, nothing is impossible, Lord Jesus. 300 souls is not an impossible goal. 300 souls is something that you can do overnight. We have to seek your kingdom first and trust in you that you're going to deliver the promises that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sister Angel. Praise God. Anyone who wants to come to the front for healing, miracle, the altar is open for all of us. My Come on. Chains are gone. Sir. I've been set free. We have a brother here. He fell My over the weekend. We need, all need to come together and pray for him. Ransom me. And Everyone, please. Please. We're going to pray for him that he be healed. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh God. We need you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We need you, Lord. Come. Oh, come. Jesus, say, will you come? I want for repentance, miracle, healing. Oh God. 
If we pray for 300 souls, oh Lord Jesus, we need you, Lord, the God, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Because of your strife, we are here, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's the will of God that we can pray for one another. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. My chains are gone. Yes, I've been set free. Hallelujah. My God, my Savior, ransom 